I'm Marisol. And I'm Adam. And you are listening to the, the Reading, Reading Aloud, Aloud podcast. podcast. A podcast where the creative, emotional, and hilarious aspects of relationship communication is explored in real time by a real couple. That's us. In season two, we bring you along on our tour to keep the conversation going. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> so I had a, uh, a, a tweet that I wanted to send out the other day. And I get my most politically active on my Twitter. You know, I'm not super on Facebook as much and definitely not on Instagram, but um, which I probably should be. But I wanted to send this tweet out that was, where's the national peace movement right now? Like, where is the peace movement at this moment? Because I, I feel very connected to that movement because that was my foray into activism and kind of my social awareness awakening was through the peace movement and protesting the um, wars in Iraq. And so I just wanted to send that out. I'm like, where's the peace movement right now? Like, we need you. We need you, peace movement. Now is the time when I feel like that's one of the movements that can kind of cut through some of this noise because it's such a powerful narrative. I think one of the things that happened to it is that it felt a little bit complacent to a lot of people. And folks were saying, you know, it's time to step it up and yeah. and get a little bit more active and you know, what is that look like? How has peace been used as a way of um, avoidance? Right, so, right. And, and it probably got old and white and never really worked on its inclusivity. And so, you know, it never really got any, you know, it, it really has faded as the movement itself has aged. Right. And yeah. so then, but what we have going on now is we have, everyone in some form of a fight, flight, or freeze response because there's a lot of overwhelm. Mm. So there's this reclamation towards peace. You, you know, things kind of swing and we need to we need to move fluidly through things. So it's like the peace movement got old and white and then people said, okay, what what's the action that we're actually going to be taking? And right now you're what you're seeing is and I love I, I'm like talking like I'm an expert, but what I'm seeing. So I'll speak from my perspective is that, you know, pe people have lost a sense of peace. So, you know, nobody has quiet time in their life. Everybody's on their phone. No one d really disconnects. People don't know how to shut their brains off. And from an internal perspective, peace has been lost. So there's actually no physical experience of peace left. Mm, and mm, so, mm -hmm. you know, that movement is actually deader than dead and it's not good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The urgency has also increased as, as we have um, continued to kind of go on in uh, addressing all of these issues. These issues are getting more and more urgent. And, you know, I think that's basically because more and more media is out there. Um, we are now seeing young black men being shot exactly. live on our phones yeah, when we wake up in the morning, urgency. you know, and there's, yeah. there's urgency. So it's not a, it's none of this like break and let's all be happy and peaceful. Um, but I do think like what you're saying is absolutely true in that, all of this urgency has created a just this heightened level of sensitivity. I'm not trying to take anything away from that urgency, and clearly I have privilege in that it doesn't impact as like my day-to-day, -day and it just does in different ways, and my life isn't directly threatened like other people's are. And so just acknowledging that, but I guess I just— 
I do want to figure out because there are lessons. There are there is beautiful lessons that we can learn from all of the activism that has been done around creating peace. And I think it's coming back too. Yeah. Can you know? can I make a suggestion? Yeah. If anybody's worried about your level of consciousness, they should go back and listen to all the other podcasts that we've recorded. (laughs) I would like to, you know, cut to the chase and just hear what you have to say about peace. And, you know, in every single podcast you make mention to your privilege, I think that's, it can't be said enough that both of us are privileged people um, as you as a white cis male, me as a white passing woman and the, you know, and also, I really just want you to speak your mind. This is our podcast. Nobody's paying us. Talk about it. <laughs> I appreciate that. I love the ways that you push me to empower myself because I just think that's so powerful, even on an individual level. And thank you for doing that. So what do I what do I really want to say in this? Um, I think that peace sometimes is seen as this passiveness of like stepping back and not taking action. And we kind of mentioned that earlier in the podcast of, you know, why. And I'm sure there's a lot of people who use peace in that way to kind of remove themselves from actually getting involved. But there is such a strength to it as well. And I think that like it's an aspect of this relationship development that we have to be doing and need to be doing and are doing. So many communities and activists are doing this. But there's a, there's a strength to peace that we just have to incorporate. And I think that... Let me just say, I, I'm curious how peace shows up in your life because you have often come back to peace as a solution to our problems, to problems in your life. And, you know, a lot of what I felt like I was bringing up in early days was like, what's, you know, how are you choosing to, um, like, like was really about the passivity of it until I started to realize, like, until I felt like I had made my point that like, there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to yell about. There's a lot to cry about. There's a lot to be upset about and that, you know, we need to use our voices. And I feel like I've, in the years that we've known each other, I've gotten that point across. And now I'm really actually interested in coming back to your original thoughts. Cause I think they're probably, you've probably sloughed off some of the, the passivity of it and really gotten to the meat of it. And I think that you're, you're putting words to some really important thoughts. We can't talk without, you know, speaking from a place of privilege or, or status or, or, you know, any of our, you know, positions in life. We can't really not be that, right? And also, I really feel like you've, you're on to something. Like you, and I'm, I'm, I could be biased, but I, I also hear other people see that in you. Like you have something that not everybody has. And so I just want to encourage you to use this podcast and this opportunity to just talk it out and run the risk of, you know, fucking it up. I think that people that are successful in those situations are able to kind of modulate their own self and emotions in a really intense situation. It doesn't mean that those aren't emotional people. It doesn't mean that they're suppressing their emotions. But in that moment, they're able to modulate and see clearly. That's an aspect of inner peace that 
has been cultivated over time. And that well, also- I think it's the opposite of a trauma response. You know, it's like, a, I think that's just maintaining centeredness in the midst of turmoil. Exactly. And, and, you know, often that comes with practice. We can, we experience that on an individual level, like, you know, I'm, I'm walking down the street, this thing happens, this car comes, you know, and like this kind of chaos begins to bubble and different things start happening. How do I maintain my like centeredness to be able to navigate that situation with integrity and with poise and purpose still? And maybe that's just avoiding people on a sidewalk, you know, but some people like trip in that situation and cower and, oh, you know, they kind of freak out. And that's an inner peace kind of thing. And I think that that can happen on an individual level. That can also happen on a global level because anything that's kind of happening individually to us could be reflected out across the world. And I think across the world, you know, we've, we've, we're living in this time that is super heightened, super heightened. There's so much happening. And um, we're at the same time, we're more connected than ever. We know what's happening in Japan and we know what's, you know, or you can know what's what's essentially going on over there. And and we don't actually, you know, we're responding with trauma. We're responding. We're not responding with peace as a priority. OK, that's, that's I, what I want. Peace is a priority. I think I think. It could be as simple as remembering that that is, in fact, a priority. Uh, you know, I think other things start to take precedence, but peace as a priority is so valuable. And we don't we we don't value that right now. We, we haven't valued that. We valued being right. We valued speaking up, which is wonderful. We valued um proving our, well, I guess being right, proving our point. And we valued obtaining information, being entertained, you know, peace as a priority. I mean, it's like make the bumper bumper sticker. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, when the, the times that it's come up for us in our relationship, you know, when we have an argument and I'll often bring it up in the sense that we're both trying to solve this and find find a peaceful place right now. Like that is the priority. That is the goal. We do not want to be in conflict, even though sometimes it feels like we do. It feels like it's necessary. It feels like moving through it is necessary. And sometimes your response to that with me is, you know, are we are we cycling through or are we moving through? Meaning like, are we actually getting from point A to point B or are we going point A to B and back to A? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You were inspired this morning by the lesson, the sermon in, at our church, and you were inspired by peace as a practice. And You're right. I am, I am really inspired by the philosophy around working for peace in the world and... I think I've just overarchingly feel like we've forgotten about that. We've forgotten about that global priority. We've forgotten about every little kid's first wish is for world peace. And we forget. We, nobody's, you know, like we're not like we forget about peace. And um, I believe that we have. I believe I think that our society as a whole 
has just completely forgotten about that. And how does that make you feel? It's super sad because peace doesn't mean perfect. Peace means centered. Peace means like integrated. Peace isn't like passive. Peace is a very active thing. If you want to remain peaceful in your life, you have to work on it every fucking second of every day. Because the world's a really intense place, and it's extra intense right now. And if you want to be a peaceful person, if you want to operate with peace, I mean, geez, it's the hardest thing in the world. Yeah, we've just moved away from it. People aren't connected to it anymore. And I don't have a solution well, of how to get back I, there, I, but that's just what I feel. And I and I want to hear, you know, also what you think the benefit of it is cuz I think that's what's that's what drives people is outcomes and, you know, without understanding the benefit of peace because it sounds a lot like passivity to people to or, you know, it sounds like a lot like passivity to some. I'll, I'll just throw out a couple of things that I see when I feel peaceful in the midst of, uh, you know, I even think about in big work settings, like when I've done, when I've been the, the trainer for a big training or when I've done a big presentation or something like that, you know, to be centered and peaceful makes me, um, clearer about my, my mission, clearer about my goal. Um, and it also helps me to connect. And it's this thing, it's alluring, you know, like when I am sitting in a room full of 100 people, and I'm steady, I'm at steady state, I have peace in my heart. It is so attractive to other people that they want to be near me, and they want to be like me. So then to influence others to be centered, and to be at steady state, it's like, that's a really good that's a positive effect on others. It's a good domino effect. It's a model. It's a way in which personally, when you're peaceful, you're able to build a stronger relationship. And going back to my earlier comment, building relationships is really what creating movements is all about. That's what they're founded on. That's what makes them successful is really good relationships. And, um, I feel like it's so, it's such a, it's such a deep subject for me. It's hard to just like answer, like, like give list off responses for it. Like it's more of an internal feeling, you know? Well, I'll tell you what I, what the, what has been difficult for me with peace is like, I'm thinking about, you know, there's some pretty big controversial topics on the table right now. You know, who was, you know, the presidential election was really controversial. I I'm experiencing a lot of controversy around diff differing opinions around COVID. Um, you know, there's some things on the table, Black Lives Matter, where people have differing opinions than me. And what I've watched you do is listen and build connection, despite where people stand. I'm a little bit over it. You know, I'm like, listen, if you, like we... We, we have this movement is so big that like I'm not trying to sit here and spend two hours convincing you that black lives matter or convincing you that COVID is real and you need to be thoughtful about how you interact with the potential of a pandemic not because I'm worried about you but because I'm worried about our elders and our and our more vulnerable folks and then if you're if you're like not interested like if you're just so far on the other side I I, I don't know like 
Like, I want to know what the benefit of peace is because I kind of get riled. Per, like, you you and I really do approach this differently and I want to learn from you. You know, I, I, I just, I get tired of it and I'm like, listen, I'm moving on because I have, there's other people. Yeah, well, I, two quick points to that. Number one, if somebody is so far on the other side where I have no reason to connect with them, I'm not going to connect with them. And I don't actually think those trying to work for justice and inequality would like, that's not our audience that we're trying to speak to. Um, so I do want to say that, but I do agree that, you know, people with a broader spectrum of views, I have patience for. And I, I think that, I think it comes back to what I was talking about in building relationships. My goal, if I'm interacting with that person is not conflict that's basically it. Like, that's not my goal is conflict. It's as simple as that, right? Like, I'm not saying I'm not going to disagree or I'm not going to have a different opinion or try to teach them something or maybe learn some, something from them. But my goal is not to be in conflict with them. That's not, in my mind, that's not a peaceful approach. Again, it doesn't mean that I'm just like passive or letting them run all over, but it's like, my primary goal of that conversation or connection or dialogue is not to be in an argument. So it's not so much about the outcomes. It's just the method of being in conversation because it's a state of being right. Like it's a place in which we operate from and you know, it is kind of about the outcome in a way because you know, I agree with you. It is a method. It is also like the outcome is if you want to create a peaceful world, you know, again, you need to be a peaceful person. I mean, Who's the most but, peaceful person you know? Who, IRL and not IRL. Um, uh, not IRL. It's probably Thich Nhat Hanh. Yeah, probably, probably Thich Nhat Hanh. How's, how's he doing? I hope he's alive still. Well, I think honestly. we, I think we would know. Yeah. Um, IRL, who's the most peaceful person that I know? Cole Sigmund. <laughs> Cole's pretty, the peaceful Don. You know that was his nickname in college. Ah, uh, tell me. Yeah, that was, we, we called him the peaceful Don because he, I don't know, I don't think he actually ever liked that nickname. But Because um, of the Don because, part? Or the well, peaceful? the Don, you know, he was like the rule, like he oversaw everything, you know, <laughs> he was actually just in charge of everything, but he was like very peaceful. And why didn't so no, Cole's, I, Cole's a great answer, yeah. I think you're one of the most peaceful people I know. Mm-hmm. I think I'm t I'm a little too I, I have a little bit too much like clinical background to really believe that that many people are peaceful because sometimes I w I look and I think that it's a dissociative state or a free state or there's like some there's like some I think it can easily become that way. Yeah. And I think that you know a lot of the more spiritual traditions and things that are grounded in peace, like, you know, I think Buddhism, a lot of, you know, Zen Buddhism is, is grounded in peace. And of, of course, a lot of Christianity is, but, you know, you, you think about that more in a monastic kind of setting. Um, and I, I think a lot of those practices have done a lot of work and been called out a lot recently around, you know, how can they be more active? And, and 
exploring the active side of a centered, peaceful, spiritual approach to these really urgent world problems. And again, I just want to say, like, I, I don't have the answers. I know you're not asking for them, but I don't have the answers on the ways that we should be integrating more peace into our society and into the movements that we care so much about right now. I do think that there are ways in which people can do it in themselves, and then that can reflect out onto the bigger thing. You know, I will say this. One of the things that I try to do in my activism um, and advocacy work, and we try to do at our organization, is not try to use um, violent language. You know, we're fighting this. We, you can say you're challenging that, right? Um, we're going to war for this thing, you know? You try to avoid saying that kind of stuff. Um, just removing the violent language and t terms of violence out of your vernacular, out of the terms that you use when talking about making... So, so that's like one thing. That could happen. It's a great suggestion. Um, you know, because those words inject images. And images, you know, we, we think that, that you know, you, you, you hear it a lot. These two sides, they're going to fight, you know, the Democrats fighting the Republicans and this and this. I mean, we, we, we picture everything as it's a war, as there's winners and there's losers, and somebody's going to win and somebody's going to lose. And that's the way of the world, you know. And that's certainly a reality in the world. I'm not saying it's not reality. But again, it just comes back to what's your goal? It, that feels so inherently masculine. Mm -hmm. Which, which you know, I'm. I mean, the biology of it is the biology of it. I mean, that's just you know, that's that's the way half the world has approached things for you know millennia. So to fight and to conquer and to win and to lose and you know, it happens in sports. There's a winner and a loser, and there's just these things. But and I'm not. So I'm not saying that that's there's nothing to it. I'm just saying it sounds so so heavily weighted in in the masculine culture. I wonder if we had more women leaders if we would have such a emphasis on winning and losing yeah and i wouldn't i i agree with you it's 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 associated in kind of dominant patriarchal ideology i think that and i do believe if we had more women leaders that would begin to address the problem i also think that both men and women can exhibit those dominant patriarchal kind of you know, ways. Now I'm pissed. <laughs> right. Well, it's no, I, I am because of course, because we exist in the patriarchy. Exactly. Let's, to be clear. Exactly. Oh, okay. Exactly. Okay. And it impacts you and, you know, and then, and then, and, Skip. and men perpetuate it and women can perpetuate Absolutely. it as well. Yeah. So, but yes, I'm not trying to disagree with you. I'm just trying to say like, totally, I think more women leaders. Another thing that comes to mind is, you know, I think we're at this point too in, or I believe we're at this point in kind of the current modern day movements where the problem for the most part, not with everybody, but for the most part is out there. It's out. It's visible. People know what the issues are, right? 
we know what the issues are. Pandemic set aside, <laughs> that's a main issue. But like what we're also starting to do is we're entering into the reimagining stage. We're entering into the stage where we imagine, reimagine, and start to invent what the world looks like where we solve climate change, where we create a just and equal system and structure that we're all operating within, where we, you know, have government accountability, where all the things that we, you know, we're trying to, where we have a, a good, healthy voting system and things like that. We're trying to reimagine those because we've identified the problems. We've been working for the past 20-plus years, identifying 30 years, 40 years probably, identifying problems You know, in the modern social movement era. And so peace is so integral to identifying where we want to be, what world we want to be in. Because what you're seeing a lot right now is – people not injecting peace into that vision. So then you have a lot of people who don't want change. And the reason that they don't want change is because they imagine a world where if I'm in power now, a new world means that I'm not in power anymore. And so it's a win-lose dynamic, right? Like if these people get more power, that means that these people lose. If they win, then they lose. And when you're approaching a vit and I don't believe that that you know social movements out there primarily are putting out that vision like we want the power to take it away from the I don't think you know we're working for equality let's be clear about that and everybody I you know the 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 movement leaders that we follow are working for equality that's the goal but I but I think that like that narrative around like peace is a big part of injecting that into the vision to really help bring people along to understand because peace is something that people get. Even though it's not maybe current and we addressed that at the beginning, people understand peace. Christians understand peace. Religions all over the world understand peace. So many of them are founded in that basic tenet and principle. Of, of a human, we want peace in our lives. We, we protect primarily because we want peace. And, and as we're entering into this new phase of vision, visioning out and realizing the world that we want to be living in, we have to be doing from that like that personal place of my goal here is peace. Every, every, with every that's interaction, one aspect, with every interaction. And yeah. that's one aspect of it. No, right? no, no. Yeah. And I, I, I think with every interaction Yeah. that, that, and it does start with us. I mean, that is really all we have. And so practicing the practice of peace within ourselves and, you know, calming the storms within ourselves. And it's easier said than done, but there's a lot that we do knowingly and unknowingly to disrupt the peace within ourselves. And so, you know, to really return to peace within ourselves, it's like, again, you know, I, I think just the, 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 the intention, the stated intention mm -hmm. of, you know, peace within ourselves or peace, peace. You know, it's like the, just to state that, like my goal today will be to experience peace in many forms. Mm. I think that that will shift a lot. And, and it is like, imagine if we're all doing that, then, you know, that is how we attain it on a larger scale. And I know for me, yeah. if, imagine if they started the UN conference, you know, and they said, our goal here is to create you know, a 
peaceful world every time maybe they do i don't know but like they really meant it you know like there was there was a stated goal of that every time like that that is what we're working towards reminding people of that over and and, over and really and over helping again. to educate again that it's not about y'all coming to my side or me going to your side that right. it's really about peace um so yeah and so i think that i don't i don't know that people really think of that as as being so important to on a global scale. I did want to just say one thing and is that I think we are still uncovering some some social global issues um, that are that are being either overshadowed by or um, have not yet come to light. They have not yet been exposed. So I just want to honor that there are still issues out there. There are still people out there who feel like their story is not being heard, who feel oppressed. I think that, um, one I hear regularly here in the United States is around ableism and disabilities. And I don't think that, you know, I know there was a big movement in like the eighties and nineties towards, towards, you know, creating new language around other otherly abled or disabled accessibility and, and buildings and, and a lot of accessibility stuff. Yeah. But I, I, I still think there's a lot of bias. I think that I've heard it in my own language, you know, really. And, and just like accessibility around being able to hear, see, you know, very move. much. So, so yep. I, I just want to honor that there are still large groups of people who are being oppressed that we, that have not had their time, um, uh, you know have, yeah yeah no i appreciate you bringing that up and i think that those there are so many issues and stories i like to you how you put it about people's stories not being heard people's experiences not being heard out there that are still being uncovered and rising to the level um that they need to be and i certainly understand that um, from even some of the work that I do. So I appreciate you bringing that up. Yeah. Well, thank you for this conversation. Peace, yeah. peace be with you, peace my love. And also with you. Aww. Love you. Thanks you all for listening and participating. We always have a great time with you. And if you enjoy the podcast, please go online and rate, review, share this with your friends. This is the way that we build this community. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.